Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First, it's free. How much better does it get? Second, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Third, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever your audience is tuning in, your podcast will be there. Fourth, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Look at us. We have less than 100 listeners per episode, yet we still make money on ads. Granted, it's not a lot, but we still make money. And finally, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. That's anchor, the thing you throw off your boat, .fm to get started. special edition of the JMU Sports News Podcast, where we will be talking about online takes and how there are not any sports happening in the fall for JMU. I am Bennett Conlon, and Jack Fitzpatrick is just finishing up a gulp of water, hydrating for this podcast. It's funny. There are no sports. Well, now I guess there are sports on, but no sports that like directly impact JMU sports news are on and it looks like won't be on for the foreseeable future. But all of a sudden, like this last month has been just handing us like podcast topics from FCS to the spring to CAA canceling football to power five now might be canceled except for the SEC and the SEC is just the South and they want to play football. So (laughs) the power four, I guess. It's just handing us topics, and and Mark Titus got into some hot water recently, a college basketball – we were trying to figure out what to call Mark Titus because he's not a journalist, and a lot of people think he is. Yeah, I'm going to go in on this take, but – We'll we'll save it for later, but Mark Titus just tweeted something that was was technically wrong, um, but he is a college basketball funny guy, podcaster, not a journalist, not a reporter – he just he has a podcast that Fox Sports bought, and that's really that's. <laughs> yeah, I think we'll get into that in a little. Do we want to start with like the actual stuff? Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I think that builds into the final okay. take of yours. <laughs> no, I mean the fall sports season, JMU. So what was it? Friday, I guess. I think was when they suspended the football season, and then um, once they did that, it was pretty clear, like if you're not playing football, I don't think anyone expected like volleyball to go out and compete. Right. So that was, um, made sense. I think it's probably a smart play. I'm very confused by what JMU's the plan is in the fall. You're kind of confused though, by like everyone's plan. It across the country. It's like, all right, well, I don't know if it's safe to play football, but like we got to bring 20,000 students back to town. It's like if you if you're doing that and you're like you're leaving the athletes there to still practice and train, like 
then couldn't you also play football? I don't understand that at all personally. So I think if you're bringing students back, which JMU appears to be doing, even though they moved up the tuition due date like two weeks ahead of when when uh, classes start, which typically you pay tuition. The first uh, Friday of the uh, semester. Yes, yes. So that is extremely shady. If someone actually wants to explain that, that'd be cool. I saw someone tweet and say that it was actually an error and that it is due like September 8th. And I was like, that's a extremely convenient typo if that is true because you're going to get a bunch of people turning it in and then you're like, oh, we're going online. So I, I still have so many doubts about these colleges actually opening in September or August, whatever JMU's, I guess they're still doing August. Yeah, I mean, very true. I don't really know. How I, 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 the, the fact you're able to figure that out and I guess your sister was like getting she the told emails. Me she, yeah, she was like, oh, this is interesting. And then someone tweeted it actually. Someone else tweeted like the dates of their previous um, you know, tuition yeah. due date. And then they were like, what's this about? And I haven't seen JMU actually come out and say anything. Somebody replied to the tweet saying they had talked to like someone at, at JMU saying that it was still actually September 8th, but it'd be nice I don't know. They also, nice they also an announcement from their Twitters or like something. something. You know? And they also sent an email uh, today, President <laughs> Alger, I guess, that said they were starting classes on the 28th and then he had to reply and be like, just kidding, it's the 26th. Sorry, it was a typo. So I don't know what they're doing over there. But. You know, but there's nothing you can't do if you get your habits right. <laughs> Stop it. If you get your, if you get your mindset right, you stay motivated, take some quad videos. No, it's just kind of frustrating because, like, I, I get the decision. I think we both sort of think it makes sense, especially for Jamie that probably doesn't have the testing resources of a Power Five um, to, to not play this fall. Like, I get that. It's just confusing to then also say that it's like it's not safe to play football despite the test numbers, which are incredibly low within the JMU football bubble, but then also saying that you can have students on campus. Like, I, I just don't fully understand that. Yeah, I, I think the point, too, I don't understand is, like, it's not safe to play football, but it's safe to send them to class and then come together and keep pra- – like, to me, the yeah. practice part was the bad part. Like, that's where the problems would arise because it would spread through the team and then the team would go play a game with other teams who've been spreading it amongst them. Like the practice and training is kind of the bad part of this whole thing, in my opinion. And it's just weird that they're like, okay, no more football games, but you can still practice because you got to get ready for the spring. But it's like, that was the, that you don't want. Cause what a, a Jamie football's roster has a hundred kids on it. Roughly. Yeah. So like you're sending a hundred kids who probably just by way of, growth and the way exponential graphs work, I guess, like they're coming into contact with every single student on campus. And then all those hundred kids are coming together to then work out. And then they're doing that every day. Like that's going to cause a spread. And I think that just goes to the, the more fundamental point of we shouldn't be sending kids back to college. But then again, we're JMU sports news podcast and we're not the administration at JMU, but I just feel like it's still just so dangerous to be sending students back to school right now, especially in these hot states like Virginia. The logic just doesn't make any sense. Like you're saying that it's it's not really safe to play football, but you feel confident that like, like the issue that people have talked about this week is sort of like the heart problems and heart inflammation, those long-term effects of the virus. So if you're a football player and you're, you're testing frequently. Let's say that I guess maybe they'll still continue to do that even if they're not playing, which 
I don't fully understand why they would do that and, and not do it for other students. But if you're going, and Jamie's not testing any students as from what I've seen upon their arrival. So then you're gonna have classes, you're gonna have Jamie as student athletes go into classes with typical students. And then if they get exposed to the virus, then they go back to practice like you're saying, let's say they're not doing tests anymore, or maybe they're not as frequent as they need to be. It can spread within the team. And then those athletes can still have the same long-term effects, except they're not playing any games. They're not bringing in any revenue. So it's like, if you're going to do that, and then you're also going to cut out the other component of it, where it's like all the benefits of actually playing games are gone. I, I mean, I just don't understand. Like, I don't know how you can bring students back at all. If you're going to bring students back, then wouldn't you have still tried to go through the football season? Like, I just don't get that. Yeah. I, I don't have any answers either for that. And all of your questions are the same questions I have, you know? So my take on it's not going to add much to what you said. It's just confusing. The logic is lacking and it just makes no sense. And I kind of want to touch on the hashtag want to play with yeah. Trevor Lawrence leading the way and, and unionizing. I had a tweet, um, follow me at fits all the way. That's F I T Z all the way. Nice little plug there. Um, but like I laid it out with what he was saying and we've talked about this at length since JMU kind of was like, we want to play back in when this all kind of started, what a month, a half, month and a half ago, probably. But like, should they be unionized? Should they have their own players association? 110%. I believe college athletes should also be paid. Um, but that gets into murky territory. Should they at least be compensated for their likeness? Yes. And we're starting to see that. Oh my lord! Did you hear my cat? Heck yeah, that was a, a good little meow. So, do I think college athletes should be unionized one hundred and ten percent? Do I think they should be paid? Yeah, likeness is probably what the most likely thing will happen. Um, and do they want to play? Of course they do. But should they play the season? No. Like just like if Trevor Lawrence gets this virus because he's. He's the lead of it. He's going to be the number one pick regardless of – I mean, maybe not regardless because you could have a Joe Burrow situation. Who knows? But, like, most likely he's going to be a top three pick, you know? So if he wants to go out and play, he gets the virus. He gets a heart condition. He can't play football for the rest of his life. He just lost out on roughly $35 million. You know he's going to sue the NCAA. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of an interesting thing of what would actually happen. And, I mean, some of them, it, it might not necessarily knock him out forever, but it could still be like a, a mess with his, his initial career and hurt his earnings and things like that. But the other thing that's interesting is like for me, like I don't, I don't necessarily think it's completely unsafe to play. Like I think you could do the bubble system. The issue is that the NCAA and the universities won't let the student athletes only be there alone. If they did the system they did now, which is where – they're testing frequently. Like I don't think Jamie football in any cases at the moment. So if you did that and you went and traveled on a bus with everyone who had tested negative prior to getting on the bus. Or even a flight. A flight, whatever. As long as another, you're within your team. Yeah. And playing another team that's all tested negative. You've got all that. Like if you have two people who have tested negative and don't have the virus and they're breathing on each other, you're not going to give the other person the virus. Like that's, that's not how the virus works. You have to have it. Someone has to have it. That's why testing is so important because if you don't have testing, like the student body, then you don't know who's asymptomatic. You don't know who has it. And that's when the breathing and the spread comes. So that's the issue that I have is like, I think they might've been able to figure out a way to do this if they were willing to be like, you know what, let's have students stay mostly online. Let's have student athletes stay and let's do a bubble here. Something like that could possibly work, but then it, obviously there's still the liability. And I think that's why schools, universities, whatever 
are kind of afraid of this entire thing. Yeah, and I also think student uh, that the NCAA and universities are almost reluctant or unwilling to say that student athletes aren't students. Yes. Like they're, they they refuse to say we treat even though we see it on a day to day basis on campus like they refuse to outwardly say we don't treat the student athletes like students. So therefore they're not going to say, well, if these students aren't here, the athletes need to be here. Like, even though they hashtag want to play and all of that stuff, like the universities and NCAA, if they just kind of said, okay, fine, student athletes aren't athletes. Then but I flip that. If student athletes aren't students, they, they need to report and then each campus is its own bubble. And if you're traveling, you have limited exposure to outside people like your bus driver, your pilot, whoever it is. But even if you could test them type of thing, like you could have a season very easily, but it would just need, they would just need to say, look, we don't treat them as students, but they're student athletes. I'm putting air quotes around that. Even though if someone likes chicken Caesar salad and he returns a kickoff for a touchdown one game, he's going to magically have chicken Caesar salad for the rest of his UV JMU career. No, I mean, I think that's, that's pretty much the thing is like, they're treated differently. They're given a lot of different, like, like Virginia's got seven athletic programs back right now. And they're, they're in um, dorms. They're staying in dorms for the most part. They're getting frequent tests. They're testing negative. Uh, They're having food provided for them at like these outside tents that they pick up. Um, They're distancing and things like that. So like, it's just not like, they're not treated like normal students. Like, no, at JMU, they were testing the student athletes and they're not testing the other students. And that, wow, they're different, clearly. And JMU is not giving away masks to students who are moving in, at least freshmen, but they gave them to all of the athletes when they came in. Right. Like it's, Which I know it's like, it's like masks are expensive and it's a much smaller population with the athletes. Yeah. But like, that just shows that if you're going to do that to the, the student body, at least tell the, the athletes, bring your own mask, like do that. It's just, that's frustrating. Cause like they treat them differently, but they won't admit that they treat them differently. So instead of like Jamie possibly having a football season or these teams possibly having a football season using some sort of bubble method or classes for everyone are mostly online. Cause I do think like, I don't, I don't love when people are like, well, we gotta, we gotta, you know, really focus on the revenue, but you can't ignore the revenue you can't ignore sort of the importance of, of football to some of these towns and the sports to some of these towns and and to the people in the community you look like the daily news record and other you know people within the athletic department like the revenue and the the money certainly matters so if if like i just i just have such a hard time seeing like how this is about safety when and like not admitting that it that they're treated differently and things like that i just don't really understand how you're going to bring students back but you're, the football is not going to work and you're, you're not going to admit that you treat them differently. And then, yeah, the stuff that's confused me the most, and we talked about this a little bit, is just like how people are saying, well, all the, the athletes would still practice and do those things while interacting. It's like, that seems like the same level of risk as, as playing a game. I mean, it just, it all doesn't add up to me. I think the leadership across the board has been, has been really subpar from the top. And I think it's just a shame for the student athletes because I think there was a way to come up with a plan that could work, but it would probably require the amateur model maybe falling apart a little bit. And I think that universities are just so afraid of doing that. Even though I do think, like you were saying, that we want to play, I think that model is going to come down. Like, I don't think it's going to end up working. Like, I think 
athletes have started to realize over the last like five months, like they have a voice and they can use that voice and actually wield the power that they have. People are talking about how, you know, the athletes are replaceable. Like Trevor Lawrence is not replaceable. There's not some like random dude in a Clemson dorm who's Trevor Lawrence good. Like, no. And like Brian Shore wasn't like even at an FCS level where the talent isn't as good, like Brian Shore wasn't replaceable. John Daka and Rondell Carter are not replaceable. Like you put me in there, I'm not going to do anything for you, you know? Especially once they build up like a reputation, like Brian Shore's senior year. Like if he had opted out or had done something like, I don't know why he would have obviously in that case, but like (laughs) if something had happened and he had been like, you know what? I don't, I don't like the way that the university is handling this or whatever. Um, I think he would have had power because people are like, well, I don't, I don't, don't want to lose like our quarterback. That's our guy, right? Yeah. He just won us a national championship the year before. So, yeah, I mean, it's they have a lot of power, and I think at some point this is all going to come down. But it, it seems like maybe like Power Five and FCS leagues are going to sort of lose out partially because of the virus. Obviously, the virus is still a very, very real threat, but a lot of it is because of the planning from universities and athletic departments about how to handle the virus. And like the NCAA has been just subpar. I saw one person tweet, you might've actually sent it to me. I don't know. I don't remember where I saw it, but they tweeted out, this is the perfect time for the XFL to come together again, get all of the power five players who aren't playing, make a bubble, bring them all, pay them and let them play. <laughs> it could work for the guys who are what opting out and trying to, you know, prepare for the NFL and all it would that even stuff. work for like, tre- like the Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, the guys who Trey Lance, the guys who are draft eligible after this season, like, throw away your last year of playing. If there is no game, go to this XFL bubble, get paid and boost your draft stock. I think that'd be really funny. And like even have the, uh, the old XFL guys come together, like the 30 year old guy who's trying to get his second <laughs> shot in the NFL that made up all of the XFL, like have all of them come together. It would never happen in a hundred years, but man, do you smell what the rock is cooking? <laughs> and maybe they maybe they didn't believe like the colleges didn't believe in the bubbles or something i mean maybe i guess part of it is they don't think they can do it because it's treating them differently but like i remember in early july i think there was a lot of doubts about the nba bubble and then they got in and everyone's like oh and like nwsl nailed the bubble for the most part like there's been mls some pretty- is nailing the bubble like it started shaky yeah. but then once you're in yeah. the bubble for two weeks which was so smart by the nba saying come two weeks early yes and so then they just yeah. Yeah. Quarantine and they get it. It's like a, <laughs> how you're supposed to handle the virus, right? They That's what New, like, like literally what New Zealand did. New Zealand said, we are making our entire country the bubble. Yeah. Granted, they did just have four cases of COVID pop up and no one really knows where it came from, but that's besides the point. Yeah. Well, I mean, like for the most part, I mean, I would love if we had four cases, <laughs> you got like the Rutgers football teams getting like <laughs> dozens. So, um, and New Zealand. so like, we know what he meant in the NCAA, like division one champion. You think that was North Dakota state last year? We're going to say that Joe Burrow and LSU were not the, no, 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 no. <laughs> the division one champion is Trey Lance in North Dakota state. If they played LSU, they would get smoked. Absolutely smoked. So like I don't know actual- about that. Trey Lance is a top-tier quarterback. They got a lot of corn-fed boys up front. I think North Dakota State can give LSU a run for their money. It's like <laughs> North Dakota – you think North Dakota State's corners are <laughs> defending those <laughs> receivers? With Jamar Chase, like, just – and then the North Dakota State corners and Joey Burrow just pinning it 50 yards down the field on the sideline and the corners <laughs> are just like, 
we obviously did not have a chance to watch North Dakota State last season against an FBS team. But JMU played West Virginia, which didn't even make a bowl game and lost by seven. I think JMU was a better team, but that's sort of what we're looking at. Like JMU gave North Dakota State a pretty good run in the national title. They, they got were down the- two yards away from winning it. Well, they would have t- they would have had to tie it. Oh, I won't give them too much credit. They, were, they, they would have won it. <laughs> they would have won the game in overtime after the two-point conversion. But they, <laughs> they were pretty close to winning that game, like you were saying. And um, they ended up – I mean, they lost their first game to a 4-8 and eight West Virginia team. So, like, I mean, those were pretty similar teams. I think North Dakota State was a little more complete and probably would have beaten West Virginia in the opener. But who knows, because that was also Trey Lance's first start, if I'm not mistaken. So it could have been a little bit iffy there against FBS team. But anyway, it doesn't matter. My point – is that FCS fans lost their mind on him. And Mark Titus, this is very important. I don't think anyone who was tweeting at him knows who Mark Titus is, which is insane to me. He has like almost 200,000 Twitter followers. I guess they don't – this isn't really fair, I guess, because I cover college basketball for like a living. And they Yeah, I was going to say, I didn't know who he was. Like right. I clicked on his bio and I was like, okay, I understand who he is. But like I've seen him pop up on Twitter before for like random things that went viral within the sports community. But I've never listened to his podcast. Like I will be, I will. <laughs> I'm a college basketball nerd, and I guess I would actually guess that most FCS fans probably aren't that into college basketball. So this, or at least be- at least college basketball at the the level that he's covering. Like they're not into the top twenty five. They're mid majors, so they're going to be far okay. like mid major people. Okay, okay. So I will frame that. I will be nice about this part. I guess he is not a reporter. Like he makes jokes like jokes like coach K for Duke, like fakes back injury kind of jokes um, about college basketball. And he and tight, it's Mark Titus and then Tate Frazier. Um, and they have a, it's a pretty good podcast. Like it's a fun one to listen to. They make jokes. Not as good um, as ours, but it's pretty good. It's not ours. I would not, yeah, don't like turn this off and listen to them, but it's uh it's a good podcast. He makes jokes. He doesn't take himself seriously. He has, his Twitter handle is club trillion. Um, Because he used to be a walk-on at Ohio State. I think Club Trillion is like – Oh, he's the Club Trillion guy. I want to say it's you play a minute in a game, but you don't log any stats. I think that's what it is. He got really big like two March Madnesses ago because he was so vocal. That's how I originally heard about him. He was like the starter of that because he was like – I yeah. It's basically – Because it was one, zero, 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 zero. Yeah, it's it's like you're – you're, it's like a blowout or you're getting blown out. You put the walk-ons in, they play one minute, and they don't get anything. Like, they don't shoot, they don't get a rebound, they don't get an assist, they don't get a steal, they don't get a block. Like, that's what he calls, like, the club trillion because he was a walk-on at Ohio State. So it's like everything he does is, like, in a joking frame of mind. So people are tweeting at him, and this is where I get a little more heated. And they're like, oh, like, Fox Sports, I want you to issue a statement about this inaccuracy. It's like, he's not a reporter. He's not a news media member. He like he makes jokes. He doesn't sit on the sideline of games and cover the games. Yes, if you had like an actual reporter, right? If you've got like I'm fine. If you want to get on David Pollock for like being very inaccurate, not knowing what he's talking about. All right, that's a college football analyst who takes himself seriously. Like go off on him about what he doesn't know he's talking about. Mark Titus is not really an analyst. Like he just it's mostly like jokes and poking fun at things. Like he knows what he's talking about. Can certainly analyze the game. Like. You played at the Division One level, but it's people are like they wanted Fox Sports. You want him to issue a, a statement apologizing that he didn't like recognize North Dakota State as the rightful Division One champion. What are you talking about? And then like thirty people just spammed him. They're yelling at him. They're DMing him, and then he blocked them, which I would have blocked you too. And then they're like, "Wow, 
what a baby, like can't handle us. Like, or you've taken someone who is completely indifferent about the FCS coming into the day, you've gotten mad about something that is completely irrelevant, completely irrelevant, screamed at him, and then like upset him and made him hate the division. Like, it's just, it's one of the reasons I don't, and the other, the part that makes me the most upset is they don't have any idea who he is, right? So they don't know his thing. I think if you knew who he was, you knew that he didn't take it seriously. Over yourself, man. Nobody cares that no, like nobody really cares about the FCS that much. And it was it was brought on the radar by Sam Herter from Hero Sports. And I think I understand the like annoyance because David Pollock just kind of shit on the FCS like a couple weeks ago and everything. So like you're already kind of upset. The F like all the talk right now is about canceling Power Five and it's FCS was already canceled and that wasn't in the news at all. Like even the Ivy League had more coverage and the FCS essentially canceling all of their fall sports. But it was his tweet where he quoted it and brought it to the FCS fan base. And it just was, to me, it's just a, such an aggressive way to come at it right off the jump when it's some guy who's like, who's, who doesn't care about the FCS and he doesn't know, he probably didn't know what, he probably still thought it was like one double A, you know? Like no offense to Mark Titus, but he's a college basketball jokester. He's not a college football jokester. He, he's college basketball. And then it's just, you've got to be effing kidding me with this tweet. Like to me, the second you throw like language like that into a tweet, it's very aggressive because you can't read tone. So if you drop the F bomb in a tweet, all of a sudden, like you're coming at this guy very aggressively. So then Mark Titus comes back kind of very like tongue in cheek, poking fun, like how Bennett and I kind of are with our tones or Bennett more so. Mr. Satire, as he sits across from me on Zoom with his chain. This would be like Bennett after your North Dakota State article. Remember the one that like got found its way? Like, this is kind of the same thing, like where they got pissed at you for this article that was clearly like a joke. And FCS fans are clearly getting upset at Mark Titus. I know his first tweet wasn't a joke, but it was more just like, Look, guys, we all know what he meant. But then he comes back to Sam Herter. Hell yeah, brother. Cheers to getting your panties in a bunch over technicalities when you knew exactly what I meant. And then people were just like, you should look up what technicality means. How many times are we going to hear this? He, like, like, F him for blocking me. Like, no, I would, like, I've seen the tweets you get from people, like, (laughs) read your stories. And, like, that's essentially – that is what all the FCS fans just did to him. And, like, I would block them, too, the second someone's, like, in your mentions telling you you don't know how to do your job, is in your mentions telling you Fox Sports fired this man or issue an apology, DMing him, calling him ignorant, and he doesn't know what he's talking about. He gets paid to talk about sports, specifically co- – like, I think this is the part that, like, makes me upset. He gets paid to talk about college basketball. Like – if he said JMU is a division two school or mid-majors shouldn't be in March Madness, we should give their spots to power five teams, even though power five is not a thing in basketball. But like, that's something to get upset about him. Just saying the division one doesn't crown a champion is like, technically that's wrong. We could go about that in a better way of like, I don't know what you're talking about. North Dakota's like in a joking manner to, I don't know. I don't know. You know, it's just of all the fights to pick, you're going you're gonna to get mad at this guy because you think he's like a fact-based reporter when he's not. Like you just, 
I hate that's the thing that drives me crazy about FCS fans sometimes. And that's maybe why I was so heated in for reading all these replies. It's just like the lack of general understanding of anything outside the FCS is very, very frustrating. Like you've got Mark Titus who they don't even know who he is. And then they're mad at him and they're going out of their way to DM him because he didn't like properly state what like what North Dakota state is, what the FCS level is like, that's so weird to me. And then they're like, well, he should have just owned up to it. He should have just owned up to it. Well, first of all, he doesn't care. Like, I don't think he cares at all. But second of all, like, I think maybe he's more willing to own up to it. If y'all don't yell at him. Like the first thing was, are you effing kidding me? Like, all right, why don't you just calm down because you don't even know who Mark Titus is. So it's, I don't know. It's just very frustrating because they come at it from this place of like, not knowing what they're talking about. Like the argument that people make like, whoa, FCS deserves more respect. He competes with FBS all the time. It was like three and 116 last year in FCS versus FBS game. So get out of here with the like, FCS is just as good as the FBS. It's not, there's a reason it's a lower division. There's a reason none of those schools are going to play right now. There's a reason we're not hearing about these, these teams, like, and how, what their medical doctors are trying to do because they're all going to play in the spring. Like just, ah, it just drives me crazy. Like JMU's lost multiple graduate transfers in the last two days because they're not playing football, because they're not the same level. Like, I talked to those players, and that was, like, that was the overwhelming thing. It's like, look, like, when NFL scouts look at me, now they'll probably view me as a P5 guy. Jamie's not a Power 5 team. Like, they're just not. So it's, I don't know, it just frustrates me, because, like, there are different battles to pick. I think they should be getting mad about the fact that when the, we want to play, why did that exclude FCS teams? Like, I know they're a lower level, but, like, they want to play too. And some of those schools do have health protocols in place, They've been working hard all summer too. Like, why are they not included? Even group of five, like that should, like, why wasn't group of five included? Why, like, yeah, that's a whole nother podcast. I think where we could talk for an hour about the, the, the air of confidence that power five brings to the table. But I mean, it just feels like when you're the FCS level, like there's like the inferiority complex because like, I think part of it is because it is inferior, but like own up to it. And be okay with the fact that, like, you know what? A guy who doesn't follow us, who makes jokes for a living, is going to make mistakes and is going to say stuff that's not inaccurate. And I don't need to go out of my way to poke a fight and then act like I've scored one for the FCS. Like, you haven't done anything. You just, like, turned off some guy who's going to, like, mock your school now. Yeah. To an audience of 200,000 on Twitter when yours is, like, 400. Very frustrating to me. It's very frustrating to me. I, uh, I just like, there's no reason to just scream at people about how the FCS is relevant. Like if you want it to be relevant, then demand like better coverage from your local media, demand better coverage from the people that have an opportunity to cover it. Like not at Mark Titus, a college basketball jokester. And it's like, and this is the thing I think, I think I sent this to you. I, I just get so confused with all like the stuff happening. But, like, is the FCS – I've also been really into this lately where, like, you, you – I'll, like, pose myself a question and answer it on Twitter. And then, like, at the end, it's something, like – but, like, I think it just is a really good way to, like, prove a point. But correct me if I'm wrong, Bennett. But, like, is the FCS inferior? Yes. Like, is their product not as good as the FBS Power 5? Yes. Do these students work their tail off? and deserve a shot with scouts and the NFL and to play football. Yes. Like all of that can be true. And do they deserve better coverage? 
do they deserve great coverage from your local media? Do they, do they, do they deserve more national attention? Cause they only have really like one or two national outlets. Do they deserve more national coverage? Yes. And like all of those things can be true. It can be inferior, but they can also deserve more, but going at a college basketball jokester isn't the way to get national coverage. It's going to, because what he probably is going to go to his to Tate Frazier and be like, "Bro, today I got today I made the entire FCS community mad." And then he's going to be like, "Well, I'm never going to touch that with a ten foot pole again." Because if I get one technicality wrong, I'm not I'm going to get attacked. And he's and like they're at Fox Sports. That's a big like that's a big thing. And like if they know people around Fox and they just start talking about like it could have bigger effects. And I know that's looking into it way too deep, but. No, but you don't, I mean, you don't get respect by just yelling at people. Like he, he was wrong, but you can point it out in a way that isn't like screaming. So that was, I was just heated because they were like, there were, I mean, there were literally tweets. To, <laughs> the other thing is like when they would tag Fox sports, people would tag Fox sports, be like, I demand an apology. You know, who's reading that? Me. It's not our Titus's boss, right? It's me. It's the Jack equivalent. It's somebody who's working social media at Fox Sports who now is like, what the hell am I looking at? It's hour six of a shift. And I guarantee you the Fox Sports person who's covering it clicked on it and was like, what is this? Because I do that all the time. But like, (laughs) what are they? They're going to read that and be like, wow, the FCS is weird. And then they're never going to think about that again. And you don't, like, the other thing is when they would spam him and they were trying to get blocked and just yelling at him, like, you don't know what that's like until you've been in a position, like, where I have an article or something I've got, or I tweet something, I've got, like, four people yelling at me, and it's like, wow, this is kind of an odd feeling. And, like, Jack, where if you're running CBS Sports and you tweet something and you got eight to 15 people screaming at you, you're like, wow, this is an odd feeling. Like, when you spam someone, like, it's so easy for that person to be like, you know what, I'm going to block you because you're just annoying to me. And like, I don't want to see you. You're ruining my day. You're not helping me. Like, I don't give a shit about the FCS. And it's also something, and this is going to be my last thought on the topic, and it's, it's something I've been thinking a lot with social media as a whole. You would never go up to Mark Titus after he said that in person and be like, are you effing kidding me this again? Like, come on, man. You'd probably go up to him and be like, technically, you're wrong, dude. And then you'd have a discussion about it. And like 14 of your friends wouldn't come out of the woodwork and be like, do you even know what technicality means? Oh my God, this again? Like, come on, man, Fox Sports, fire him. No, you'd all like have a good dialogue. And I know that's kind of the downfall of social is you're a warrior behind a keyboard and you think you're untouchable. But just like try to keep that in mind when you're going at someone. Like, how would you handle this in, in real life? Yeah, I mean, it's just, oh, it's frustrating. And I'm, I'm overreacting a little bit to it just because of general pandemic stress and the Power Five sort of slowly destroying themselves. But um, I think my main point is just like, I really enjoy watching the section of FCS football that I enjoy watching. So like the CAA, I like watching the CAA and I'll keep tabs on other aspects of it. And it's kind of fun to me. Like I feel the undercuffler. Yeah, man, it's fun. Like I have a fun time doing it and talking about this and doing this podcast. And I just wish that FCS fans would would take more or make more of an effort maybe um, to see outside that FCS bubble and see like, all right, who is Mark Titus in the grand scheme of things? Where does the FCS lie in the grand scheme of things? How can I help, you know, discuss this in a way that'll actually 
build the brand. So if somebody says it's division two, how can you actually explain that in a way um, that isn't attacking them, but, but helps them explain that like, no, like the FCS is legitimate. And I don't think comparing it to FBS teams in terms of the win loss record is a good idea because it's a, a pretty awful win loss record, but you can talk maybe about like the Sagarin ratings. Cause there are about five to 10 FCS teams that could play um, at the bottom of the power five and could play at the high end group of five, like hundred percent. Like I think JMU could go out and compete with an Appalachian state, no doubt. So I think that's the kind of thing that I just wish people would put a little bit of effort into. Hey, I got quote tweeted by Mark Titus. Did you? From CBS sports network. I tweeted something where <laughs> he actually annoyed me with this quote tweet. So maybe I'll attack him on Twitter for it. But Adam Shine, one of our guys, tweeted, um, well, he said on his show, and I tweeted it, if Anthony Davis doesn't make shots, the Lakers have absolutely, positively no chance at winning a title. Um, and then Mark Titus quoted it and said, you have to make shots. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, I understand what you're saying, but also, like, that completely misses the point of what, like. That's his bit. That's his bit, though. That's a bit they do. Oh, it is? Okay, never mind. I don't, I don't hate they him anymore. Talk- they talk about that all the time because it's like a classic, you know, like in the NCAA tournament when a, um, a, uh, like an analyst will be like, you know what, like if this team gets hot, this team makes shots, you got to make shots to advance in March. So they, they mock that being like, you know what, like you just got to make shots. Okay, that, that's funny then. It just upset me because I was like, of, that's not what he's saying. He's saying that <laughs> Anthony Davis specifically has to make shots because he has no one else around him. Okay, fine. Whatever. I'll let him have that one. Um, also, just one so. fact, Mark Titus has more followers than the top two programs Twitter's put together followers. North Dakota State has 77,000. JMU football has 38,000. Mark Titus has 188,000. So just put it in the grand scheme of life. It just seems like maybe don't scream at everyone. If you, if you knew who Mark Titus was, you know his shtick, and you were still mad that he did not recognize North Dakota State as the rightful NCAA Division I champion, as sanctioned by the NCAA, then go ahead, and, go ahead and tweet at him. But when you don't know like anything about what he does or who he is, and like he's just a very odd target to pick. There are other targets like <laughs> David Pollock, fine, pile on. Guy has no idea what he was talking about. But like – I don't know. Mark Emmert, pile on him. Just, it just seemed like an unnecessary thing where they were all like, oh, we're killing it right now. We're doing it. We're fighting for the FCS. When in actuality, they just came across like very whiny and like oddly upset. Yes. And with that, those are our thoughts on Power 5 potentially getting canceled. I guess breaking news on the podcast that isn't going to be breaking when you listen to this in the least, but Big Ten canceled while we were recording um and be nice to people on social media or benic- what <laughs> sorry i was like i think that's it <laughs> for Bennett conlin my name is jack fitzpatrick you guys have a wonderful rest of whatever day this gets dropped on see ya
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.